the manifest presence of God describes times when God moves very, very closely to us. Times when God is so real, so present, that it's incredible, it's tangible. Previously in this series, we've looked at the life of Jacob, where on six or so occasions, God was very close. God manifested himself to guide him, to direct him, to give him confidence, to reassure him. To conclude this series, I want to move over to a New Testament character and just pick two or three examples of where God was particularly manifest in the life of Paul. Paul, formerly known as Saul, was born into quite a comfortable, if not rich, family in Tarsus. That's a small city in the southeast of Turkey. He was sent to one of the top universities in the world at that time, the University of Jerusalem, and he was taught by Gamaliel, one of its top scholars. Saul did very well. He was full of enthusiasm and fervour. He rose very quickly through the ranks. This well-educated, biblically literate, serious, fervent, enthusiastic person became one of the rising young leaders of Judaism. His fervour led him to persecute the infant church. He threw many in prison, tortured many, even oversaw their deaths. The Bible speaks of him in Acts 9 uh, as him being like a wild animal attacking the church. And then God stops him. On the road to Damascus, this story is told in Acts 9, but today we're going to be looking at Acts 26, which is a, a retelling of the story. God stops him. And in this incredible vision, the manifest presence of Jesus is there. God knocks him off his donkey or, or off his feet. God speaks to him and he says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul says, who's speaking? And God says, this is Jesus. I am Jesus who you are persecuting. Now that's a famous story. Let's just read what um, Acts 26 says. We'll pick up the story in verse 12. In this connection, I journeyed to Damascus with the authority and commission from the chief priests. At midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven brighter than the sun that shone around me and those around me. And when we had, we had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And I said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose to appoint you to a servant and witness to the things 
in which you have seen me and those in which I will appear to you. Delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you. To open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. That they may receive forgiveness of sins and be placed amongst those sanctified by faith in me. Paul was full of the Bible. He knew the Bible inside out, the Old Testament. He was religious. He was a good person. He, he lived as a Pharisee. He was very careful about what he did and where he went. And yet he was going in completely the wrong direction. When Jesus arrested him, shall we say that word? That's probably the best word to use. Arrested him. Jesus said two things. He says, you've been kicking against the goads for so long. Why is that so hard? I want you to go as my representative, my ambassador, my evangelist, to go and tell the Gentiles the good news. You see, Paul had known his Bible so well. He was full of religion. And yet he was going in the wrong direction. He was doing the wrong things. And now God himself appears to him. He knocks him off his feet and he says, Stop. You've got it all wrong. Open your eyes to the truth. You're going in the wrong direction. You've got it all wrong. And now I'm calling you to start getting it right. He says, you've been kicking against the goads for so long. A goad is a stick. A stick that you use to, to prod uh, an animal to move in a certain direction. And that's exactly how the gospel happened to Saul and no doubt to us too. God whispers, he brings circumstances and issues, he talks into our conscience, he, he, he speaks to us, he whispers to us, trying to lead us to him. And we resist. That's exactly what Paul did. Paul kicked against all those things that God had been saying. It's probable, it's very likely, that Paul had been in Jerusalem at the same time as Jesus. He was a similar age. He was a student in Jerusalem. It's unlikely that he wouldn't have seen or heard or even heard about Jesus. He'd heard some of the things, no doubt, that Jesus had been saying, and yet he resisted it. He was a Cilician. Coming from Tarsus, that's where he came from, Cilicia. And he would have gone to the Cilician temple, uh, synagogue, sorry, which is in Jerusalem. Stephen, the first martyr, who saw over, he oversaw the, the martyrdom of, of Stephen. He also went to the Cilician synagogue. And so here's Paul overseeing the murder, the execution of Stephen. A, a person who was in the same synagogue. A person of the same kind of age. These all, uh, they would have provoked him to think. 
No doubt he'd heard about the Christians, he'd heard about the gospel, he'd heard the gospel. No doubt God had spoken to him in many ways and yet he kicked against it until God eventually arrested him. He knew the Bible. He knew about religion. He was himself committed in his own way to God. But he got it all wrong. And you know, although we talk about the Damascus Road experience as us becoming Christians and, and that Damascus Road experience, it can also come to us when we're just moving in the wrong direction too. When we just miss the point. When we just haven't got it. When we're full of the Bible and full of knowledge and full of good works, but we just haven't got what God wants of us. And God has to stop us and say, look, you need to go in a better direction. But then, of course, God says, look, you've got a calling. Not only did God stop him from the direction that he was going, God also placed him in a new direction. He was going to take the gospel to the Gentiles. He was going to be the first great church planter. Just very briefly today. Sometimes God needs to do that with us. Sometimes God needs to just stop us in our tracks. You may not see Jesus. You may not be knocked off your donkey by a blinding light. But Jesus comes in an unexpected way, at an unexpected time, and speaks straight deep down into our hearts and says, listen, for all of your understanding of the faith, for all of your works, you've got it wrong. You need to change direction. Get back on track. And God doesn't just stop us going in the wrong direction. He provokes, he leads, he guides us into a new direction. Let's pray. Father, there are so many times that we can just get it wrong. Lord, we get so confused, so distracted. Lord, lead us in the right direction. Lead us in the right way, Lord. Lead us to where you want us to be. Amen.